something, but I'm not, right? That's it. Jessie's back there. She keeps me on track. She types it all up for me every week and knows the calendar. And For those of you who are not aware, the building is also open during the week, throughout the week, for many different reasons. Um, we have the Children's Grief Center that comes in. We also have um, some different recovery groups that meet during the week. And um, so you look at the calendar and you might be like, well, something else is going on. I've seen cars here. Well, it might be one of the outside groups you know, renting the building, using the building. So, all right. Well, today my sermon is called Christmas Cleanup. I don't know what your week looked like, but mine was like getting the tree down, right? Trying to get some of the decorations down. It's so funny. It's like you get out the boxes, you pack everything up, and then all of a sudden you go around the corner and I go into a bathroom and I'm like, oh, there's a snow globe, right? I did that. I did that yesterday. I thought I finally had all the snow globes put away. I may or may not have a snow globe collection. And so then I end up putting them all over the house in different places. And I looked on the nightstand in the bedroom on my husband's side and I had put a snow globe there. I'm like, oh, he didn't say anything. It was just a snowflake, so he probably thought I was leaving it out for the entire winter. But don't we do that? Sometimes we like have a season in our life and we get all this stuff out. And then, and then it's like, oh, it's so much fun to pull it all out. Like, I pulled out all my decorations at one night, put it all up, but then putting it away sometimes gets, it just drags out, right? It takes time. Now, obviously, I'm going to use a literal Christmas decoration and start putting it away as I talk about the areas in our lives that we sometimes have out that we need to put away. Now, you're probably thinking, like, now, what does, you know, this have to do with God? Well, let's look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I love this here. Paul is talking to them. What's really interesting is if you read this all in context, which I'm not going to take the time because it's a sermon on love, but he's talking about all the different what love is and how we should be loving other people. And, and chapter 12 is actually all about our gifts and serving each other in the community and our church. And he says, I'm going to tell you, even though you might be gifted in administration, even though you might be gifted in singing, even though you might be gifted in all these different things, what's greater is how you love people. And so then that begins chapter 13. And so Paul is writing this letter talking to them about how they're loving and treating other people. And then he says, in the midst of all of that, in verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Mm, I just love that. Here he is, this grown man, writing this letter to this church, trying to tell them to be nice to each other and to love each other. And in the midst of that, he's reminding them, you're not a child anymore. You're a grown-up, and you need to grow up, right? And sometimes it's hard to love people when we have a childlike mentality. And Because when you're children, you don't always think about the other person. You only think about yourself, right? It's like... And so he's saying, when I grew up, I put away those childish things. So I'm grabbing the sheep right now. I'm putting all the sheep in the one box. Now, the sheep in a lot of the nativity sets, people feel like it's filler. You know, it kind of fills it up. Because you've got the shepherds that are here. And what's interesting is a few of my, my little nativity pieces are broken. If you can see, this sheep is missing an ear. This angel was actually holding this presence of God. 
and one of her hands is missing. She, now, you might be like, no, Mary, why do you have broken nativity up here for church? Give me a break, right? Well, we used this nativity at the Christmas party, and I told the, the people that were doing this with the kids, the kids are allowed to touch these pieces. The nativity is not out of reach for anybody, right? The, the presence, the story of God. So what they would do is they, were, is they would have the story time during our Christmas party with the kids. They would be here, and they would be like, okay, now the angels came. Who wants to be the angel? So somebody got to be the angel, and somebody else got to be the shepherd, and somebody else got to be Mary. And as they told the story, then the children would be invited to come up and put the pieces here. Now, the thing is, is I told them up front, I said, something's going to get broken. Let's not assume that we're going to give this to a three-year-old and it's going to be not broken, right? Let's, let's assume that when we touch things and we put things in our lives, things are going to be dropped and things will break off and we'll pick it back up and we'll still use it just the way it is. So, so of course, at the end of the night, poor Ashley, she's one of our elders, she's in the back there watching the welcome booth. She's like, Something broke, a couple things broke. And I'm like, I told you things would break, right? And I don't know about you, but when I bring the gospel and I bring this message of Jesus into my life, it is not perfect. I try, but I'm sure somebody here in this audience has been like, oh, yeah, she told me she'd pray for me and she forgot to call me. Yep, I tried. And I, you know, I probably broke that day. And I'm like, oh, crap, so-and-so, you know, told me to call him. I got to call him tomorrow, right? Not one of us is perfect. So we bring this stuff into our lives. And sometimes we don't use it just right and we break it. And sometimes the festival is over. I love Christmas. If you've, been, if you've been listening to the sermons the last few months, you know I've been talking about, oh, festival time is starting, right? In the Gospels, in the Old Testament especially, um, we see that the Jewish people had different festivals. So in the Gospels, Jesus would go to Jerusalem for these different festivals. He would go for the Passover. Or he would go for different times. And the Jewish people, under the direction of God, knew that certain times in your life, you would need to be able to go and have a festival, have all your friends, have all your family together, eat whatever you want, celebrate for this week what God has done, be reminded, retell the stories, right, of how we came out of Egypt, to retell the stories how God provided in this situation or this situation. But at the end of the week, everyone went back home, and that festival time was done, and you go back to regular everyday life. So I feel like for us Christians, we have a few times in our lives, we have the Christmas, it kind of ends up feeling like Thanksgiving to Christmas, like we get like a whole month, I mean, of like festival and eating whatever, right, and visiting family. And then we have around Easter time, that's usually a shorter thing, right, we'll have our Holy Week, um, some of us that are very orthodox or traditional, might celebrate Lent, like the 40 days before Easter. So we have this time during Easter, and we have this time during Christmas when we have these festivals. And we'll bring stuff out. And then it takes us a while to put it away, doesn't it? It takes us a while. But just like Paul said, things have to be put, put away at a certain point. What I love about this passage, though, is that Paul doesn't say, when I became a man, I threw away the things of childhood. He doesn't say that. He says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, 
And when I became a man, I put away, I put the ways of childhood behind me. I love how he put it behind him. He put it somewhere. He didn't throw it away. He didn't cast it off. He put it away. And I, it reminds me of during our end of our festival time. I'm not going to throw this away. I'm definitely not going to throw away the angel just because her hand got broke. We thankfully saved the angel's hand and the sheep's ear. They're right here, right? I'm going to fix them. I'm going to get some glue, and we'll glue her hand back on. And you know what? I've had I've have nativities at my house where the animals are missing ears, and I don't know where they are. They got lost. I can't even fix them. I can't. You know, sometimes things happen that are so bad you can't fix it. But you got to just live with that, right? Now I got to live with this nativity with the one ear. I always kind of like tip their head a certain way so you can't quite see it, right? But I think, well, nature sometimes, you know. Animals get into fights, and maybe a dog rips a sheep's ear off, right? You don't throw that sheep away. That sheep still lives. The sheep had to heal from that wound. But I love how Paul says, I put this behind me, right? And I think about this analogy of our lives, and as we go into 2022, I know that at home you've still got things you need to put away, and at the right times you pull them out. But what things are in our lives that aren't physical things that maybe it's time to put them away for a season, right? I think Paul does a great job of explaining to these people. He says, when I was a child, number one, I talked like a child. What do we talk about? I don't know about you, but some of us, we talk about problems, right? Some of us, we talk about the future. Some of us, we... Don't talk very much at all, right? Maybe we feel like, well, I don't have anything worth saying or people aren't going to listen to me, so I don't talk. Some of us talk too much. <laughs> or I'm being a real, come on, you can't be a preacher and be willing to come out and talk in front of a bunch of strangers if you didn't like to talk. So, But I, sometimes I talk too much, right? Sometimes I have to say, when I was a child, the words just rattled out of my mouth. But now that I'm an adult, I need to think about what I'm going to say. And some of you need to say, when I was a child, I was shy and didn't say anything. But now that I'm an adult, I need to make a point to contribute or to talk to this person or make a point to do this, right? Some of us, you know, we know, like, I need to talk to my boss and we wait weeks and months because we're afraid and we don't talk to that person. Some of us, it's our family members. You've got children that want your approval. Do you take time to talk to them? Do you take them out once in a while? You know, especially when you've got a household with a lot of kids. We have four children, and, you know, there were times where things would just be so busy and crazy, and I would tell my husband, you need date night. And he's like, I took you out last night, and not me, her, right, or him. Like, you know, you have to talk to the people in your life. I often say, we are made in God's image, and God is three parts, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have three parts. We have our body, our spirit, and our soul. And we interact differently depending on that part of our life, right? Whether or not I eat garbage all the time or eat a salad once in a while will affect my body, but whether or not I talk to my family members, that affects my soul. Those are my relationships and how I'm interacting with people on here on earth. Whether or not I come to church or take time to pray or read my Bible, that affects my spirit and my connection with God. 
right? So I love how the first thing Paul says when he points this out is, well, I used to talk like a child, right? But I, when I became a man, I had to put some of those things behind me. I had to put it away. Now, there's times where I still talk too much, right? I, I might go off with my girlfriends, and we have a, a fun night. Maybe we go to somebody's house, and we have pizza, and we sit around, and we play cards. And, and, I, and I leave there, and I go, I was just talk, 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 and I'm telling jokes, making everybody laugh, right? Well, maybe in that moment, in that festival moment, it was okay to pull that out, right? It was okay to pull out that snow globe and put it on the table because that was a fun time and it was appropriate. But there's other times where maybe like when I go to the funeral home and I'm with another family where I just need to listen. See, that's what I love about what Paul's saying. He's like, look, this childhood things, I can put that behind me. And I love how it's not thrown away. There's going to be times where you take things from your childhood or you take things that you know is for festival times and you pull it back into your life because maybe that brings you joy or maybe that helps you escape, right? Like when I was a child, maybe I played video games. Well, as an adult, I'm not going to be playing video games. But there might be a time here or there, right, when I pull that out and I say, okay, don't have anything scheduled. I want to just relax. I want to think about things. Maybe I will do this. But what comes through maturity as we age and as we go and we grow up is we realize when is it appropriate and when is it not. See, Satan wants us to indulge ourselves all the time and not grow up. And when we don't mature in certain areas, we're not really loving well. That's why Paul said this right in the middle of the love thing. I'll be honest, my two-year-old did not love me the way my 14-year-old loves me, right? My two-year-old, it's, I want this now! And if I said no, it was like, ah! Right? It was me, 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 me. Because that's what a two-year-old does. A two-year-old is egocentric. We know this from child development. A two-year-old is not going to be like, Mom, it looks like you've had a really hard day. You want me to do the dishes tonight? Whereas my 14-year-old, right, he, he sometimes is, has a mature enough level where he can be like, Mom, is there any way I can help, right? Our 22-year-old, even though he's moved out, has an apartment, yesterday checked in with us. And Wesley had a swim meet, and I was traveling, and he was like, you want me to come over and make dinner for everybody? And we were like, yes. Now, I know every 22-year-old doesn't do that. He wanted to do his laundry, so I will put that out there. But he could have just come over and done his laundry. He came over and did laundry and made dinner, Right? And so when we mature, we realize that, like, okay, even though I don't feel like taking time to talk to this person because of love, I'm going to do that. And so that's why I love in the midst of this 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, right, love is patient, love is kind, and, and love does not delight in evil. Um, it always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes. He's like, when I was a child... I talked like a child. I thought like a child. Oh, that's huge. You mean you want me to not only change how I'm talking, you want me to change how I'm thinking? Paul wrote it. Don't be mad at me. I'm just saying. And then I reasoned like a child. Isn't that interesting how the things we, we say stuff sometimes just stupid or we're talking to people, we say it, and then we leave and we start thinking about that. And then we start reasoning. Oh, well, yeah, now I can justify why I'm going to do this. 
Now I can justify why I don't have time to do that. But he says, but when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So as we go into 2022, I want to ask you, what ways of thinking, what ways of reasoning, what ways of talking, what ways of immaturity or festival that you need to put behind you for a season? Maybe not forever, but maybe for a season, right? Maybe some of you, to cope with things, you're going to escapism or you're going to an addiction or, or you're just avoiding doing the hard thing that you know you need to do. And maybe this is the moment where you say, I'm going to put away the childish things, the fun things, my festival things. Maybe I'll pull it back out at a different time. But for right now, I am going to put that away. I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to clean up my life for a season. And sometimes when you do that, you create this new habit, and all of a sudden it becomes a lifelong thing that you enjoy doing. I remember, I remember going through a season where I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to God every single day. Like normally I would pray, you know, at certain times. And I remember, I was like, no, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this every single day. And I had an alarm and my phone go off. And I did it for that season. Well, then when that season was done, it was like I craved that time with God, right? It was like now it was like I didn't need an alarm to go off to tell me to do that. I wanted to do it. It's like when you're children, like you don't want to brush your teeth, right? But your parents, did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? Did you brush your teeth? All of a sudden, you finally, not all of us, but most of us, we get to a point where we just grow up and we get up in the morning and we brush our teeth, even if we don't feel like it, even if we don't want to. I often tell people when they say, like, oh, Mary, I can't change. I don't want to change. And I think, you have shoes on? Every single person here has a pair of shoes on. Now, you can't tell me that every single person here, the highlight of their morning is to get up and put their shoes on. No, not one of us probably enjoys putting our shoes on. Why do you do it? Because you live in Michigan, and there's snow and ice out there, and you want to protect your feet. This morning, I put my shoes on, and the socks I had on, were like rolling down and I knew I would get a blister on my heel. Guess what I did even though I didn't want to? I took my shoes off, changed my socks and put them back on again and that was like such a pain. I'm like, oh, my shoes, I gotta do it twice. I should have put a pair of slip-ons on. Why am I wearing these huge boots that I gotta lace up? I gotta bend down and like, oh, my back. It's too early in the morning for this. But guess what? I did it. What did you do this morning you didn't want to do? Right? You got dressed. You put your, you did, fixed your hair. You, you, we do things all the time we don't want to do. Why? Because we have become in this trench of this habit of this adulthood where we know there's certain things we just have to do. So then we have these other things that we are told we should do, like, hey, everybody, read your Bible. If you don't have one, I've got extras. They're free. Let me give you a Bible. You know, this is a library. I'm going to give you 66 books. You can hold it in one hand. And I'm going to say, start in the book of Mark. Read about Jesus. Feed on his word so your spirit is fed. And then maybe you won't be so angry or so anxious or so, you know, have let Satan attack you with shame or the state. Because, because you feed on God's word, it will fill in this gap, this hole in your spirit that is crying out. Oh, I don't have time for that. I don't want to do that. Okay, get your phone. Do you have a phone that can have an app? Listen to the Bible. Let it talk to you. For five minutes, you can hear a chapter. If you just read one chapter a day, five minutes. 
I always tease, I know, I'm too crude, but seriously, y'all sit on the toilet for at least five minutes. <laughs> y'all do, y'all do, right? You're, you're in the bathroom, you're brushing your teeth, you're on the toilet. When I'm in the bathroom, I got my phone talking to me, and it's telling me, God loves you. He, he wants to be with you. He wants to help you. I love hearing the stories. I love it in Matthew when we get to chapters like 6, 7, 8, 9, and all these people are getting healed. Oh, I love it. And they're all getting healed in a different way because people will come to me and say, well, I need a healing. How am I going to get it? And I'm like, I don't know. Are you going to be like this person and, and you want me to come to the hospital room and lay hands on you? Are you going to be like this person? If we just say the word, we just pray. I can pray with you over the phone. You're going to get healed. I don't know. Close your eyes and think about how God is going to heal you. What do you see happening? And people will be like, oh, I see you laying hands on me. Okay, I'm coming over, and I'll lay hands on them. I've had people go into surgery and come back out, and the doctor's like, we couldn't find anything wrong with them. Weird, yesterday the CAT scan said this. That's the power of God. But if you, unless your heart is ready and you've been reading about the miracles of God and you know how he does it, and you can picture him doing that for you, Right? You don't even know to ask. So I love this. I love this, how he doesn't necessarily throw it away, but he puts it behind him because his focus is on what's going on in front of him. What's going on in front of you? If you were being honest, if you just picked one thing in your life that you need to put away, what would that be, right? Right? For some people, it's, what do they call it, dry January. It's dry January, right? There's some people that, you know, they, they're just not going to drink. They're not going to go to any addictions um, during the entire month of January, right? For me, I, I gave up something. You guys are going to laugh, but this was my addiction. It was Coke Zero. I have not had a Coke Zero since December 31st. Now, well, Mary, that doesn't harm you. It's not bad for you. I still don't want to look to any addiction to be my source. I really don't want to, like, if I have a bad day at work that I have to come home and have anything, even if it's not something that's harmful, I would reach for that Coke Zero. And yes, because it tasted good, but guess what? I, I've switched to orange juice. There's some vitamins there. Yeah, there's calories in orange juice, and there wasn't in Coke Zero. At least Coke Zero was caffeine-free or had caffeine, but had calories in it. And it's like, you know what? All of us have something that we need to put away. And even if it's for a month, even if it's for a season, when you put it away, it clears out that space. And all of a sudden, you can see what's there. It's so funny. At our house, we took out the Christmas tree, and we took out a few other things, and all of a sudden, uh, a friend that hadn't been over for a while walked in. She goes, wow, your living room's so much bigger. Our living room's the same size as it was two weeks ago. Physically, right? What's the difference? We cleared out some of the clutter. Yeah, the Christmas tree was cluttered. Let's be real, right? It was. It was something taking up space that really didn't need to be there. We, I liked it. It was pretty. What is taking up clutter, though, in your life? Guess what? I stopped drinking Coke Zero, and my life is continuing. It's kind of cool when you find out, like, I really don't need that, and my day goes on just like any other day. What is in your life? What it, maybe for some of you, it's a Netflix addiction, addiction, right? Where like your family can't ever talk to you. The kids walk into the room and you got to pause it and you give them the look. I know because I've done this before. Really? She's right. In the, she, am she going to say yes or is she going to say no? I know she's going to say yes. It's a Hallmark movie. We know what the ending is going to be. 
Why am I acting surprised by this? But okay, I'll listen to you. What do you want, Claudia? Right? And maybe it's like, okay, I'm going to take a month and I'm going to invest in one of my children because that's going to be something that's going to be lifelong, right? And all of us are different. All of us have different things that we have going on. And you are never going to be perfect. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I am not perfect. But once in a while, we can be reminded that it's okay to evaluate our life and say, what's creeped in? What do I need to take and put away? I love this especially, you know, when I was a child, I talked like a child. How are we talking to each other? Are we talking to each other with love? Or are we just yelling at our spouse, right, rather than listening to them? When you're a child, you don't know how to reason. You don't know how to think. You don't know how to be patient. You don't know how to be like, okay, I need to, I need to, to listen, right, rather than yell. But as a man, as an adult, as a point when we kind of grow up, we learn. Okay, I'm listening to them. They are saying this because they're frustrated. What can I do to help? I thought like a child. I think the thinking and the reasoning part are the ones that are hardest for us to conceptualize, but are the number one things that we need to change. Your thoughts are ruling your life. You thinking these thoughts and then reasoning and justifying your actions when in your heart you know you shouldn't do these things, in some cases, are causing havoc in your life. You need to say, am I thinking like a child or am I thinking like an adult? Right? Am I reasoning? Or am I, the reasons why I do the things I do, are they valid or are they childlike? And I'm just doing, I'm just, uh, I don't care. I, you know, the other day I literally like thought like, you know, I could just have one Coke Zero because, you know, at the end of December I was drinking probably five or six a day and I've gone two weeks and I know I said I would drink Coke Zero for a month, but it's been a long time and, you know, if I just, what if I just drank one each morning and then that way by February I'll, I can go back to my normal amount. I tried to justify it. I tried to reason it. Now, you might think this is silly, but this is an example. You might be reasoning it for pornography or to chat with some old girlfriend or boyfriend on Facebook or to, you know, reload up your Instagram when you know you shouldn't be looking at that or to, you know, take some time from work that you know isn't your time to take or to punch in and then just sit at home and watch TV, right? Like, I'm using an example of Coke Zero because it's a benign example, but it's real, but it's a benign one in comparison. But I don't know what your example is. I don't know what you're trying to justify or reason in your head. But we all do that. And Paul is saying, look, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Now, people will ask me, Mary, if I don't think perfect all the time, does that mean I'm going to hell? You're not going to heaven or hell based on what you do or don't do. You're going to heaven or hell based on what Jesus did on the cross and whether or not you believe and accept that. I'm going to heaven because I believe that Jesus was God, right? Came down in flesh. He died on the cross. And I believe in that. And I ask him to cleanse me and make me white as snow. And I love how he forgives us of our sins our trespasses, and our iniquities. The iniquities are the ones that we're struggling with and dealing with. The iniquities cause havoc in your life while you're here on earth. 
but he forgives me of those even though I'm still struggling with them. So no, I'm not saying that you all need to grow up because if you don't, you're going to go to hell. I'm saying if you don't grow up, you're going to live hell on earth. And there's a big difference there. I want to have life and life to the full. I love this, John 10, 10, right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. So when I read through God's word and I see what Jesus was saying, when I apply those principles to my life, like this principle, I can have a full life. Because I get some of that clutter out. We, you've all been into a house that's too cluttered, right? Like where you can't like get around. Like weird. Like my my mother had a very cluttered house. Like you'd go into her living room and there were like layers upon layers. Like she had these tables against the wall with knickknacks on, it, and then she had the couches in front of that, and then in front of that she'd have the. the um, other tables, like coffee table, with more knickknacks on it. And I felt like it was like three layers deep, but it made this big room kind of shrink down, and you had to like shuffle around all the stuff to get in there. So by the time Todd and I got our house and started to decorate it, it's like I'm like simplistic, right? I try to be super simplistic and not have a lot there. That's why, um, you know, when we put the tree up, it feels, oh, wow, this room is so full. There's more stuff in the room. When we take it down, it feels very plain. But see, some of us in our hearts and our lives, we, we have too much. Some of us, we have too little. Where is that balance? Where do you find that balance? Where do you go? So the question is, what is the right thing? Like there's some of you sitting here going, what if I do the wrong thing? What if I can't think of the right thing to get rid of? And you know, for some of our brains, our mind is just like, whatever, we're free spirits, we go do whatever, and we think about the consequences afterwards. But the other 50% of you in the room are the ones that like to plan out and know exactly what you're doing, and you hear a sermon like this, and you're going to go home and be like, what do I do, what if I make the wrong choice? So I wanted to leave you with this, ser- this verse here in Proverbs chapter 16. I love this one. This is like something that you can take and you can apply to your life for the rest of your life. Okay, And it says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I love that. People are always like, well, what does it mean? I say, you have free will. God says, plan your course, and then go to him, and he'll help you with the details, with the steps. Well, what does that mean? Should I become a dentist or a veterinarian? Should I become... A school teacher or a nurse? Should I, you know, stop drinking Coke or should I exercise more? God, you tell me. Now he's looking down, going, uh uh uh. You plan your course. And then I'll tell you how to do the steps to make that course happen. You've got free will. If, if you're thinking, well, I, want, I don't know if I want to become a nurse, I can go to Delta and get a two-year degree, or I can go to CMU and get a four-year school teaching degree. God, tell me what to do. Uh-uh-uh. You plan your course. Me living the rest of my life working in a hospital or living my, the rest of my life in, in the school, those are two totally different lives. And there's going to be moments in either case where I'm going to be mad that I picked that and I'm going to be, then I'm going to blame God. And God's like, no, 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 you pick your course because I'm going to love you whether you're a school teacher or a nurse. I'm going to love you and help you whether you're in there with the kids. or the, But what if I make a mistake? Or, you know, and then you're not going to be blessing this. No, 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 no. You plan your course. 
God gives us free will. So as you have to decide, what do I need to put away in my life? I'm telling you, God wants you to plan that course. God wants you to look at your, your life and make that decision. But once you plan that course, then you can go to him and ask him for the steps. I love this. I remember one day going to God and being like, Lord, we are going to create a dream center for Bay City. I planned the course. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I learned about what Dream Centers did. I had been volunteering at the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission for almost five years, four or five years at that point. I knew that the community had gaps, and I said, I am going to do this. And guess what he said? He said, okay, these are the steps. And then he began to help me. He began to show me. But I had to plan the course. He couldn't put, he's a gentleman. I've said that before, right? He's not going to put this burden on you and then make you do something that you really don't want to do. He's going to say, you decide what you're going to do, and then if you ask me for help, I'll show you how to do it. I love this. In the heart, hearts, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord will establish their steps. In your heart, you've made some decisions. Sometimes in your hearts, you say, you know what, the source of my peace and the source of getting through my day, Mary, is going to be alcohol. And that's what you turn to. And for some of you, it's if in my heart, if my children just love me, or if my spouse did this or that, then I would be okay. And that's what you've established in your heart. Right? And I always say, don't be reliant on anything exterior to determine whether or not you're going to be okay in your heart. Because there's going to be times when your spouse makes you mad. And it doesn't fulfill that every need. There's going to be times when your kids are just being jerks and they're still growing up and they're stupid. Like, no offense, kids. I was a kid and I was stupid. There were times where I said horrible things to my mother. Thank God she still loved me and fed me and took care of me, right? But I had to grow up and be like, you're pretty awesome. Thank you for life, right? The alcohol is just a thing. It's not going to be there for you. It's going to help you numb and not deal with what you need to deal with. For most of us, what we need to really do is establish our course. For some of us, it's I just need to be emotionally healthy, right? And I'm going to read the Bible, and I, maybe I'm going to take an online class or watch some video on YouTube from a psychologist to say, why am I depressed all the time? And literally watch a few different videos. I've got to pick a course. And the course is, I'm not going to stay where I'm at anymore. I'm going to pack and put away some things that need to be put away. So I don't know what you need to be put away. And I don't know what course you're going to take in life. You know, maybe it's, I'm going to every Sunday come to church and spend that time with God. Maybe I'm not going to read my Bible all week, but I'm at least going to listen to somebody explaining the Bible once a week. Well, that's a course. That's something you can do. And then you ask God, show me these steps. And he might say, set an alarm clock Sunday mornings for 8.30, right? Like that literally might be a step he tells you to take. I've, I've literally gone to him for things and said, you know, I want to have more understanding about healing. Okay, well, every Tuesday when you're sitting around doing nothing, set an alarm in your phone that says, read healing scriptures. Okay. Tuesday night when I'm not even thinking about it, the alarm comes on my phone. It's like, oh, yeah. So simple. You go to Google or you go to your, like, Safari or <coughs> whatever your search engine is on your phone, and you type in Bible 
healing scriptures or healing, Bible verse healing. And there'll be these websites that pop up and there'll be like 50 in a row. The ones that I really like that I'm like, oh, that one's good. I'll grab my actual Bible and I'll highlight it or I'll write it on a card and I'll put it somewhere. But doing something different than what we're doing before is what brings change. Doing the same thing you've always done gives you the same result of what you already have. And some of us are happy with where we're at, and that's good. But most of us, just like seasons, things change. And Christmas is now done. And I can leave the clutter out till next year, or I can put it away and have some room for something else. Let me pray for all of you. Father God, we thank you so much for your word, and it reminds us that as we pick a course in life, that you are willing to be there to help us with our steps. But we need to make a decision. We need to make a resolve. We need to be like Paul and say, I'm going to put some things away, and I'm going to go forward in a new direction. So as we go into 2022, help us look at our lives, look at our lives um, and how it's impacting others, look at our homes and say, what do I need to put away? It's not just the Christmas cleanup. Maybe it's a heart cleanup. And I might fall back into childish ways, but you will be there to direct my step and help me as I grow and as I move forward. And I know you won't only do that for me, Father God. You'll do that for every single person here, every single person who calls on the name of Jesus, every single person that in their heart, they know the course they want to take, but now they've got to be brave enough to ask you for the steps they need to take to make that course happen. They need to be brave enough to put away the childish things so they can take a new course in life. So help them. Give them courage. Give them your peace. Give them your wisdom and give them your direction. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy upon us. That we don't deserve it. We never will. But you still love us enough to help us. And we ask for that help right now. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week, and as you continue to do Christmas cleanup, may it be cleanup in your heart as well. The Blessing Shop is open, um, and parents, feel free to head down the steps here to pick up your children before you head over there. God bless.